Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. What is up, Broncos country? This is Luke, host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report. And Brandon Allen, well, I wondered if Brandon Allen would survive the game. And not only did he survive this game, but he was the spark that the Denver Broncos have been looking for. Not only on offense, not only on defense, not only on special teams, but this young quarterback ignited a team that rallied and played for each other yesterday against the Cleveland Browns. What's going on, everybody? This is Luke, host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report. And if you're a Broncos fan, if you're a Broncos player, life is pretty good for you right now, considering that the Denver Broncos got a win at home yesterday, 24-19 over the Cleveland Browns, officially making them 3-6, and six overall record and two and three at home as they head into their bye week and there's a lot of good that came out of that game yesterday there's a lot of the same and there's some bad that the Broncos need to work on all things that I want to dive into I want to address the brand new quarterback of the Denver Broncos at least for the next game Brandon Allen and I want to ask Broncos country on whether or not they're willing to give up the title of best player on the defense to, from Von Miller to another young player who should be due for a contract extension. We're going to dive into all of those things in a little bit more here on this week's show. But first things first, as I was looking over my game notes yesterday, as I'm pouring over some of the tape today, the biggest thing that I took away from yesterday's game was it was fun. It was a fun game to watch. It looked like it was a fun game for fans to be there. And it looked like the players were ultimately having fun. And that's something that the Broncos have not exhibited at all in the 2019 season. And 
I have to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect out of Brandon Allen other than his mobility. But when you look at the eye test, I really like what I see. Now, it felt like at times the Broncos were truly operating a real NFL offense. They were moving the ball, they were able to get into a rhythm, and they were able to overcome some of the problems on third down that have haunted them all season. Now, like Vic Fangio said after the game, I'm not willing to um, drive Brandon Allen up to Canton, Ohio just yet, but I think there's a lot of good things this kid ultimately did. He's a good story, and I think he's a good story for Broncos country and the team moving forward. You look at Brandon Allen, his stats, he was pretty good. 12 for 20, 193 yards, two touchdowns. But for me, the biggest thing, zero interceptions, zero fumbles. That means zero turnovers for the young quarterback out of Arkansas in his fourth season with his first NFL start. Now, keep in mind, Brandon Allen did not take reps with the starting offense until last Wednesday. That means no reps with Cortland Sutton, no reps with Noah Fant, no reps with Philip Lindsay, no reps with anybody, even his offensive line, his center, Connor McGovern. So when you look at Brandon Allen coming in, it really is a special performance that he gave Broncos country yesterday, starting on that first drive. And I really liked what I saw in terms of Brandon Allen playing fearless. Brandon Allen played a very smart game, adding to what this team has been missing, and that is complimentary football. The defense has been carrying this team for years. And finally, the offense was able to generate some points and generate some momentum, allowing the defense to get some energy. And I really liked that. And a lot of that credit should go to Rich Gangarello. Rich Gangarello was under a lot of heat a week ago to the day with Joe Flacco calling him out after the Colts game. And here we sit a week later with a brand new quarterback. And Rich Gangarello is looking pretty decent. And it just goes to show you how much winning means and matters in the NFL. And how one week can be drastically different than the next. And it starts with the quarterback position. Why? Because the quarterback position is the most difficult slash important position in all of professional sports. Not only is the quarterback the leader, but the quarterback is ultimately responsible for not only knowing his job, but the job of the other 10 guys on the offense as well. Not going to go ahead and say that Brandon Allen is a franchise quarterback, but you have to like what you're seeing out of the young quarterback. I think he's earned himself some, at least another game. Uh, Vic Fangio talked about getting some extra practice in when the team comes back next week, following their bye in preparation for the Minnesota Vikings. So you look at Brandon Allen, he had a really good game. He was sacked three times, ultimately leading to 18 yards um, and, and losing those yards for the sacks. But Brandon Allen got out of a lot of sacks also. And he was able to run away from some pressure. He was able to tuck the ball when he was sacked. Something we're not used to seeing, especially with Joe Flacco getting sacked and the ball almost popping out at least once a game. Uh, That was very encouraging to see. 
that Brandon Allen understood what kind of offense he was operating in and understood both the strengths and the weaknesses in just one week's practice time. I think that says a lot for offensive coordinator Rich Gangarello. One thing I was really surprised with in Rich Gangarello is seeing a different variation of the offense. Now, the Broncos are very accustomed to running uh, single back sets, shotgun sets, what have you. Offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello decided to implement more of a pistol offense for his young quarterback, taking some of the pressure away from him by having an offset running back with him in that formation. I thought that was something that was not only creative, but I thought it simplified the offense a little bit, and I thought it ultimately led to some confidence from Brandon Allen. Now, Brandon Allen, it's a cool story. Uh, the TV cam ultimately panned to his family. It looked like he had about 15 family members out there. And one thing that I just kept going back to was looking at his dad. And I understand his dad to be a former coach. Uh, he's been coaching his son, obviously, his whole life. And he finally got to see his son start an NFL game and not only start but do well and lead a franchise to victory. Um, that's a very special thing, and I don't think that's something that should go without being said or noted. Uh, I think that's a part of that mile-high magic that Broncos country got to uh, be re-energized in and rejuvenated in a little bit just with the start of this young quarterback. Now, when you look at the rushing game for the Broncos, it was pretty much non-existent other than that Philip Lindsay wildcat attack. Um, Philip Lindsay, of course, Got nine rushes for 92 yards and a touchdown, but that was about it in terms of the rushing game. Uh, the Cleveland Browns defensive line ultimately did a really good job limiting the Broncos offensive line. It seemed like anytime Dalton Reisner at the left guard position pulled to the right uh, on a counter play, it seemed like the Broncos running backs were able to generate productive yards. But when you look at Royce Freeman, five rushes for 15 yards, um, the running game had to um, ultimately be abandoned just because the offensive line is truly limiting this team and what they can do. Now, you look at Garrett Bowles, and while he didn't blow the game or lose the game for him, I'm not going to start saying that he's improved because he hasn't. He did get another holding penalty yesterday, and... He's upping his game. He's doubling down, folks, because not only is he getting holding penalties, now he's getting false start penalties. Another thing to watch for from number 72. Now, Matt McChesney, former NFL Bronco great, and ultimately, uh, choo-choo McChesney, um, the guy is just insane. The guy is one of the most analytical, honest minds in all of football. Uh, he does run, I believe it's called Six Zero Academy here in Denver, where a ton of the Broncos offensive linemen and players train. And he releases clips every week on Twitter. And um, I, I like to call him that locomotive because the guy is relentless and he is just steamrolling through film. And that's why he's the locomotive, Matt McChesney. Now, he released a piece on Twitter that shows Garrett Bowles absolutely getting dominated and Brandon Allen ultimately taking one in the face. Nothing has changed, folks, for Garrett Bowles. Absolutely nothing. Nothing has changed. He's not getting better. And I would say he's getting worse because these things continue to happen. And there's no end in sight for number 72. Um, 
I think his run blocking in what was decent can sometimes be camouflaged, but overall, I don't think he's doing his job, and I don't know why the Broncos continue to put him on the field. However, with Brandon Allen having such a good game, you got to look at his receivers. And Cortland Sutton, five receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. The guy is a rising star. I know those statistics don't necessarily speak to his greatness, but I'm telling you, Cortland Sutton has the abilities to be one of the best receivers of the Denver Broncos. Now, in his second year, I'm not going to come out and put him with the greats like Rod Smith, but it makes me wonder how he is ultimately going to compare to Demarius Thomas. Now, I see a lot of heart, I see a lot of fight, and I see a lot of leadership qualities starting to truly blossom with Cortland Sutton. Something to watch for if you're a Broncos fan. Now, looking at Noah Fant, this is something I wanted to talk about. This is something I want to go ahead and get off my chest because I've had some serious problems with Noah Fant. Not personally, but just in my analytics. And um, seeing him at training camp for the first time this year, and standing on the sidelines with some pretty prominent NFL analysts and reporters and watching his lack of effort, watching his lack of care, watching his lack of intensity has had Broncos country and the Denver Broncos organization very nervous. Now, in this game, Noah Fant decided to not only show up, but he decided to show up and ball out. Noah Fant, of course, catching five or excuse me, catching three receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. He did ultimately blast, I believe it was a 75 or 74-yard touchdown, uh, getting rid of three to four defenders. And I'm not going to say it was a coming-out party for Noah Fant, but I will say that I'm going to eat a little crow because in the past I've been very tough on Noah Fant, not necessarily labeling him a bust, but asking the question, Will he turn into a bust? Right now, that's hard to say, especially when he's coming off of one of the, well, the best performance of his professional career. We know that Noah Fant is capable of these things. He is very gifted. It's not a, um, can he continue these steps of production and these steps of advancement in the NFL? It's will he continue? to be efficient will he continue to put in the work will he continue to be a playmaker for the denver broncos something to ultimately look out for first round draft pick john elway seemed to look pretty decent yesterday now had a couple player sightings that i thought was pretty interesting um you know you saw troy fumigali out there of course after jeff hireman got hurt um, Troy Fumagalli, Andrew Beck, and Noah Fant were your tight ends for the game, but saw some Devontae Booker out there, which has been very odd. Um, I personally have not been a big fan of Devontae Booker being on the team. I think he's ultimately taking up a roster spot, but they got some use out of him yesterday. Now, Devontae Booker did get one reception for 14 yards, but he did pick up a majority of the return kick returns and uh i don't believe it was punt returns but at least kick returns as uh spencer deontay spencer ultimately went out of the game again the broncos only one turnover on offense that was a fumble from deontay spencer but overall deontay spencer i'm not willing to eat the guy's lunch you know why because i saw him out there blocking and doing his best and while you can't turn the ball over in the nfl 
I saw this young man continue to fight. It's something I ultimately want to see, hoping that that injury is looking good for Deontay Spencer. Now, it's a bizarre game for Cleveland and Denver yesterday because Cleveland, well, they beat Denver in some pretty critical categories. And when you start to look at the box score, it's a little alarming. Um, The Cleveland Browns possessed the ball for 35 minutes and 30 seconds to the Denver Broncos, 24 minutes and 30 seconds. So nearly 10-minute difference in time of possession. Cleveland also won the first down battle, getting 21 first downs to Denver's 13. And then when you look at overall plays, this one was bizarre too. Cleveland outscored Denver by 30 plays, running 73 plays on offense, while Denver ran 43. Very bizarre for a team to come up with the loss like that, especially if you're Cleveland. But then again, they're Cleveland. Um, Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Not necessarily an amazing game for the Denver Broncos offense. It was good enough. Now, the offense did go three for nine on third downs, which is actually a little bit of an improvement from where they have been. Um, Getting a total of 13 first downs for 302 total yards. Now, it was good enough. Why was it good enough? Because the Broncos scored 24 points. They've been hovering right around that 16 and 17 point range. And they've been losing games because of it. They finally broke that and ultimately got a win. Something that they need to continue to do throughout the rest of the season. Now, when you look at the defense, I think there's a lot of good things you can say about Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel's defense yesterday. First things first, Alexander Johnson. The guy is a wild man. He seems to just fly all over the field with reckless abandon, wanting to just be a football playing Jesse, as Mark Schlereth would say, right? The guy just seems to want to be there. I'm seeing this guy take on multiple offensive linemen, head on head, on the offensive line, just butting up against them, no blitzes. I'm going to come up late and we're going to go one-on-one or two-on-one. He seems to be a fearless linebacker and it shows. The guy racked up and led the team in tackles yesterday for 13 tackles. And This was a guy that the Broncos picked up last year, not knowing what his future would be with some of the legality issues in his past that he ultimately got cleared up and cleared his name. But Alexander Johnson, well, he was almost like a a bargain deal, a, a clearance bin deal, right? Because you weren't expecting Alexander Johnson to come out and play the way he is. Now, Todd Davis also had a solid game with 10 tackles. Derek Wolf 
showed up big for the Denver Broncos with five tackles and one sack. Adam Gotsis. There was an Adam Gap. Adam Gotz's sighting. It was very bizarre to see Adam Gotz's out there. The guy's been inactive, I believe, the last three weeks, and at least three weeks. And Adam Gotz's did get two tackles, which was very encouraging. But Von Miller. Now, Von Miller ultimately ended up with three tackles and one quarterback hit. But you're continuing to see a lot of the same things that opposing offenses are having success with Von Miller. Now, while Von Miller... Von Miller seems to be doing very well setting the edge. Um, He's getting chipped. He's getting chipped by tight ends. He's getting chipped by running backs. And he's getting double teamed. Um, And he's not winning those matches. Now, he's definitely involved and he's around. But he is not the featured player in this Broncos defense anymore. And as you start to look back at this team, as you start to dissect who is emerging and who continues to get better on the defensive side of the ball. For me, your rising star is Justin Simmons. Now, Justin Simmons was originally a third round pick out of Boston College. And the guy has just been nothing but consistent. He has played 1,443 consecutive snaps. Now, that is the longest consecutive streak of snaps among defensive players in the NFL today. So that means starting last year with the Seattle Seahawks in 2018, Justin Simmons has played every snap since that game. That shows he's not only durable, it shows he's tough, it shows he's healthy, and it shows he's intelligent. Now this year alone, under Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel, the guy's balling out of control. 53 total tackles, Two interceptions, nine pass deflections. And those stats, they're wonderful stats, but watch the film on Justin Simmons. And for every good stat that Justin Simmons has on the box score or on NFL.com, pro football reference, what have you, I guarantee you, watching him tackle and break down the fundamentals of properly tackling a player in the NFL Justin Simmons should be putting on clinics, not only for Little League, not only for high school, but for the league. I don't think the guy's ever been fined. I could be mistaken. I don't think he's ever been fined for an illegal hit, but Justin Simmons seems to understand body angles and leverage and how to get it, guys, because he's smart. He doesn't take the majority of of the beating when when he is getting tackles, however, He's not getting beat in the open field either. Now, Justin Simmons isn't the fastest guy on the field, but you know what? His raw athleticism and talent has just absolutely skyrocketed his stock in the NFL. Now, Justin Simmons is set to be an unrestricted unrestricted free agent in 2020. Now, there have been some rumblings out there at UC Health Training Center that. The Denver Broncos are interested in bringing him back and that they're going to be working on a long-term deal if they haven't started already. But until that deal is done, this is a major concern for me and should be a major concern for Broncos country because right now you've got a player that's scheduled to leave unless you're willing to get him on the books, unless you're willing to exercise um, a healthy contract for him. Because guess what? The guy deserves it. And 
I think the payday ultimately has to be coming. This is a guy that you need to lock down. This is a guy that should be a Bronco his entire career. He's healthy, he's smart, and he's done what you've asked him to do, replacing TJ Ward from Super Bowl 50. That's ultimately who we've replaced. I know they're not the same players because Justin's more of a free and TJ was obviously a very strong safety, and it's in the name, strong safety. Boss Ward, there's never going to be another Boss Ward. But Justin Simmons tends to be, in my mind, almost a new breed of safety in the NFL. One that's physical enough to play tight ends on the line of scrimmage. Um, One that's able to play in the box when needed, especially on blitzes. And we saw that against Cleveland uh, last Sunday. Justin obviously getting in there, getting after um, Nick Chubb. Very, very impressive. Now, if the Broncos don't get Simmons done... That's that's got to be a huge that's got to be a huge thing that Broncos country is worried about because there are so many holes on this team right now that the thought of getting another hole should be very scary for anybody in the organization over there and for anybody in Broncos country. But when you look at the defensive performance against the Cleveland Browns, the thing that is most evident throughout the whole thing, Vic Fangio's defense. They didn't give up touchdowns. I think they gave up one touchdown and the rest were field goals. I mean, that's a significant win. Anytime your defense can hold an opposing offense to three points as opposed to six, which really should be seven, including a PAT, right? That's a win. That's a huge win. And that allows any offense that's willing to fight and claw and scrap the chance to be in the football game and that is exactly what Fangio's defense did now on fourth down Cleveland went 0 for 2 on two very critical fourth downs that ultimately lost them the game now Cleveland was 1 for 5 in the red zone and that's terrible 20% in the red zone as the Broncos limited them to field goals and one of my I don't know one of my favorite things about this game Vic Fangio, when asked, you know, what's your message to the team? And he said, I want them to celebrate this win. I thought that was a very odd answer, especially for Vic Fangio, who's very stoic. He's very tough. He's very old school um, in his tough love approach. But go to YouTube and watch some of those videos. Watch his victory speech. Watch him giving Brandon Allen the ball. Watch how all those players not only rallied around Vic Fangio, But they rallied around Brandon Allen and they rallied around each other. That's what this team has been missing. There has been no trust and it seemed like yesterday the Broncos, they're starting to build some trust with each other. And while it's late and the season is basically over for most people, the Broncos have games to play, folks. And the Vikings... There's got to be some bad blood there, especially with Gary Kubiak up there consulting, right, on offense, calling plays. I No, 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 not calling plays, not Gary Kubiak, consulting, right? Yeah, there's got to be some bad blood there. Minnesota's a very good team. The Broncos are going to have their hands full in two weeks. But the last thing I guess I want to touch on as we wrap up our show is I guess I'm confused with Broncos country as you start to... 
um, go around and look and you can look on social media. But as I started to chat with people and I start listening to the radio, it seems to me like Broncos country is conflicted and they're conflicted on the win yesterday. Something that I don't get at all. It seems like Broncos country is upset that the team won, ultimately ruining their chances of getting a top five pick. And to me, that's a lazy, ignorant take. And I don't want to hear it. Why? Because Pat Boland was not in the business of picking number one in the draft. Pat Boland's famous quote, and it's one of my favorites of all time, I want to be number one in everything. And if that means he wanted to be number one in winning a game on the damn scoreboard, then the Broncos did their job. And not only did they do their do their job, but they put on a show for their home crowd. They put on a show for each other, and they lit a spark of hope, at least for one game. And that was nice to see. And for anybody that's hoping this team tanks, I hate to tell you folks, they're not the Miami Dolphins. They're not going to do it. This organization is too proud and has too rich a history and culture of winning. Now, I know they don't have a culture now and they're working on their identity, but how do you work on those things? It's not by losing and hoping the draft is going to save you. It's by winning one football game at a time. And this football game might have been the most important football game of the year. Why? Because they get two weeks to think about the things that they did well. They get two weeks to be rewarded and feel that win and carry that with them. Now, I'm not saying they need to hold it the entire season. They need to hold it the next few hours, enjoy it, and move on. But if you're a Bronco right now, enjoy this week. Enjoy this win. And ask yourself if you really want this feeling again. Because I guarantee you, winning cures everything in the NFL. Now, another last thing that Vic Fangio said that I absolutely loved, you can't win in this league without big plays. The Denver Broncos made many big plays yesterday. And that's what ultimately won them the game. Broncos country got to feel what it's like to have a little bit more mile-high magic back. They got to feel what it's like to have fun watching a Broncos football game. And for me... I had an absolute blast watching Baker Mayfield cry like a baby, watching Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry have to change their shoes because they're the Cleveland Clowns, not the Cleveland Browns, and watching that franchise that was set to be the media darling implode. I love it because the Broncos, well, they beat the Browns, and they made the Browns, they exposed the Browns for the joke that they are. So, as bad as things have been here in Broncos country, as bad as the Chiefs embarrassed the Denver Broncos on a national football telecast, the Cleveland Browns got whipped by a bad football team yesterday. No excuses. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. Please be sure to rate this show as well as all the Mile High Report shows on iTunes, Spotify, any of your major podcasting outlets. This is Luke saying always believe in that Mile High Magic.